Welcome back to another episode of Am I Doing This Right? I'm Corinne Fox. And I'm Natalie McMillan. And we are best friends, confidants, millennials, and the hosts of Am I Doing This Right? A life how-to podcast from the perspective of non experts. And each week we cover a new topic and we drink a new bottle of wine, even though we don't really want to do that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) The wine is getting difficult in the middle of the day, guys, but we do it for you and we do it because we love you. Yeah. And this week we are talking reignite your soul, how to overcome burnout. I love that. Reignite. And burnout. Yes. I Natalie love the play and I, on it words. It took us a long time to figure this out. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> we're going to be talking about what is burnout, signs you may be experiencing burnout, and the steps to overcome it. And at the end of the episode, we are going to be playing random advice. So we're going to be answering advice. questions that you guys wrote into us, things that are going on in your lives, your personal lives, professional lives, and we're going to be giving you guys our heartfelt advice. I'm wondering, I'm like, because it's not random. I don't know why it's called random advice. It's solicited advice. It's actually solicited. Should we we call it solicited advice? Solicited advice. Because we actually are... Yeah, you guys are actually writing in. (laughs) Right. Right. And you guys can always write in to am I doing this right pod at gmail.com if you have a question, you want your besties, your girlies to give you some advice. We are here for you. Or you can slide into the DMs. Oh, yeah, slide into our DMs too. Am I doing this right pod? Hit us up. Hit us up. It go down in In the the DMs. DMs. It go go down. down. Okay, Natalie, what are we drinking this episode? We are drinking the a bell call mm. barolo symposio that all sounded like things it's italian okay Wh- it's a red it's a red it's a red wine so let's give it a sip she smells fruity whoa did you have a sip not take yet a not take yet a sip. huh huh whoa okay felt like a punch to the mouth it's well it's interesting. Interesting. It's interesting. Natalie, I feel like we have to tell everyone about our Vegas adventure. <gasps> I had the best time. Okay, so let me give some preface to this. Yeah. For years, I have been talking about if you go to Vegas, the only thing you should be doing. the o- uh, Truly. The only thing you should do is go see Magic Mike live. It is the only thing anyone should ever do when they go to Vegas. Yes. I've seen this show four times. Okay, I know it backwards and forwards. I know all the little bits. They know. knew her. Oh, all the dancers they know They literally clocked her on stage and were like, oh, we remember you. <laughs> yeah, because this show should win a Tony Award. It should. It should win a Tony. Well, I was nervous about Natalie because Natalie, like, can get, like, cheesed out. And I was yeah. like, ooh, will she actually like this? And Natalie, I was so nervous at first because well, well don't I don't give it away. Don't I'm not going to give it away. But at first, I was sitting there and I was like, oh fuck, like you know, like the cheesy. I was very concerned about like cheesy male strippers because mm-hmm. we've done that too. Mm-hmm. You know, the male strippers, and it's like, oh god, this is not that. This is a production. This is a. It's a Broadway show. These guys are dancers. They're professional dancers yes. that like would go on tour. Like, well, obviously I know them very well. Some have went on tour with Janet Jackson. Like, they're very good. Yes. It's not like tacky, like corny. It's like. It's like you're watching a dance show. Right. And it's like beautiful dancing. 
It's incredible, you guys. So if you're thinking about going to Vegas, or actually they have a London location. Do we go to London just to see Magic Mike live? I would love to. I think we need to do a yearly pilgrimage. I really do. To London? Well, that, but oh, just, just, no, no, to no. Vegas for Magic Mike. No, I know. That's what I I know. Yeah. I, I'm locked in for life. We had a great time. Friday, we went out. Went to the club. Went to the club. Great. We danced. We had a good time. We had a great meal. Then Natalie got deathly ill then on Saturday. Then I got extremely ill. Uh, it was a combination of the worst hangover of my entire <laughs> life, which I know my limit. And Corinne, I said out you loud. Did. You said, this is it. Yes. She took a shot and she said, this is this is it. Our friend <laughs> our friend was like, I dare you to take another shot. And I was like, okay. And I did it. And I said, that was a mistake. Yeah. She said that was a mistake. <laughs> and it that was the it one was. that killed you. It was the one. <laughs> yeah. It was not good. And then un- unknowingly, I was also getting COVID. Yeah. We all got COVID on the trip as <laughs> yes. well, you guys. Um, yeah. And that was not fun. That wasn't fun. But I will say in relation to how amazing the Magic Mike show was, worth it. I think it was worth it. I really do, you know? And we didn't we, – we weren't sick until after we came back. So it was like – And we were immediately sick. I mean, we got back on a Sunday and oh, Monday. Natalie Monday was Monday morning. <laughs> Monday morning. But then it's this Miss BA5, right? So she's like so contagious that we were going to get it. Yeah. Regar- I mean, we were going to get it at Trader Joe's or at the mall. So might as well get it at Magic Mike Live. Having the time of our having lives. the time of my goddamn life, having a disgusting Jello shot. Oh god, that Jello shot was disgusting. it was so bad, and I loved every <laughs> second of it. So that's what we've been up to, you yeah. guys. Oh, I think I need to do a quick update. What on my neighbor? <gasps> He's alive. My neighbor is alive. If you guys have been listening, uh, Natalie mentioned her neighbor uh, who sits on his, who's really at the end of his life, yes. but he's hanging on. He has the strongest will to live. I've ever seen. It's very impressive. And I thought that he had gone. He had only gone into his home. He's he's here to stay. And then he, he might came outlive out. us all. Honestly, he might. <laughs> Good for him. So, anyways, guys, he lives. He's clearly not burnt out. No, but he's not burnt out yet. Um, I, I am. But not why? So let's get into the episode. Let's get into burnout. Yes. And why we chose this topic. Right. Well, you know, as just People trying to make their way in a late-stage capitalist society amidst a pandemic and another financial crisis. Mm. It's not like a giant surprise why a lot of us are feeling very burnt out. Yeah. Just that sentence burns me out, Yeah, to, to be honest. Fair, fair enough. So we figured we'd dive into burnout and how to overcome it if it's something you're currently experiencing. And like always, we start with some stats and some facts. We like stats and facts and we, snacks and hacks. <laughs> <laughs> we love it all. So according to the American Psychological Association 2021 Work and Wellbeing Survey, of employees experienced work-related stress in the previous month. So nearly three in five employees reported negative impacts of work-related stress, including lack of interest, motivation, and energy, 26%, and lack of effort at work, 19%. Meanwhile, 36% reported cognitive wariness, 32% reported emotional exhaustion, and an astounding 44% reported physical fatigue, which was an increase from 38% in 
2019. None so, of those numbers are small. No, 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 Not no. One. Like lack of motivation, lack of interest, lack physical. of <laughs> physical fatigue. But what was even more fascinating was the burnout rates by industry. Mm. So more than four in 10 K through 12 workers in the U.S., 44%, say they always or very often feel burned out at work, outpacing all the other industries nationally. That very much tracks. Right. Our teachers, right? They're Their burnt teachers, out yes. the most. Yes. And there's a lot of reasons For we can get very into. Very many reasons. But the second industry was college and university workers. They have the next highest burnout level at 35%, really just making educators, like in general, the most burned out groups in the U.S. workforce. Yes. And we do not pay them enough. No. That's probably why they're, That's probably why they're burnt out. They're, working, they're also working multiple jobs. They, they're, they're single mothers. They're washing and they're drying. Yes. But this is also, and like, an American situation yeah. because according to the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, 11% of U.S. employees work 50 hours or more every week and the average American will spend at least 40% of their day working. And on top of that, research from Gallup shows that Americans are more likely to be stressed and worried than most other countries in the world mm. due to this uneven work-life balance Americans are more at risk for burnout. Yeah. Do we have work-life balance? Right. 40% of your day seems low. That's at least. So the, the, the bare minimum is 40%. Someone's doing 40% of yeah. their day. But mostly you're doing more than half. I'm going to say it's like 80%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very healthy. Okay. So we've been talking about a lot, but what is burnout, Natalie? Okay. So burnout. In 2019, the World Health Organization brought some attention to the issue by defining burnout as a syndrome associated with chronic stress at work that goes unmanaged. A syndrome. It is a syndrome. <gasps> Isn't that wild? It's important to address burnout because it has serious consequences for individuals' mental health. It's a risk factor for depression, substance abuse, and even suicide. <gasps> burnout can also be contagious and often affects entire workplaces. Well, that makes sense. One person's burned out, then yes. another, everyone else Everyone's is like like, feeling off that energy. Yes. Energy is very real. Burnout, according to, again, the World Health Organization, is characterized by, quote, feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion, increased mental distance from one's job, or feelings of negativism or cynicism related to one's job and reduced professional efficacy, end quote. Burnout refers specifically to phenomena in the occupational context and should not be applied to describe experiences in other areas of but life. I, I, I beg to differ. I do I think, too. I mean, thinking about single moms, you can be burnt out at, at home too. Even though the World Health Organization only recognizes it in the workforce, I do think you can be burned out in other places too. I fully agree. And you know who else agrees? WebMD. Oh. Dr. WebMD. Okay. Yeah. They say that burnout is a form of exhaustion caused by constantly feeling swamped. It's a result of excessive and prolonged emotional, physical, and mental stress, and in many cases is related to one's job. I like that. Yeah. In many cases. I think in many cases, yes, but you can be so burnt out by relationships, by... I get burnt out by food sometimes. I get burnt out with Archie. 
Yeah, I love, I love my dog. But yes, if I, being a parent, being a parent, right? I can imagine that is very, very burnout inducing. Yes, but what is the difference between burnout and depression? Because I know they can probably feel very similar. Yeah, yeah. Oftentimes, burnout and depression can mirror each other. However, in contrast to depression. Burnout tends to be a response to a specific environment or situation. So say you're working more hours than usual or dealing with something specific going on in your life. So causes of depression tend to be like broader in general, whereas like burnout, we can really pinpoint what is causing these types of symptoms. Aha. Uh-huh. So it's more specified. Yes. Like, you know, like it's if you're at work and then you leave work, like I feel better. That's yeah. burnout. <laughs> right. You're just like absolutely dreading. You're like, I can't even do this. Right. But there are three types of burnout, right, Nat? So according to the Harvard Business Review, there are three types of burnout. Okay. Number one, overload burnout. So with overload burnout, people work harder and even more frantically in search of success. This feels very American. Mm. They're willing to risk their health and personal life in pursuit of their ambition. And these types of burnout experiencers tend to cope by complaining. That's probably, you know, that contagious in the workplace aspect. Mm -hmm. You're complaining and then your coworker's like, you know what? Yeah. Then you're all complaining. The second type is under-challenge burnout. So signs of under-challenge burnout include not feeling appreciated, boredom, and a lack of learning opportunities. Because these people find no passion or enjoyment in their work, they cope by distancing themselves from their job. This type of indifference leads to cynicism, avoidance of responsibility, and overall disengagement. Mm, Okay. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. And then the third is neglect burnout. So this subtype of burnout results from feeling helpless at work. People may feel incompetent or unable to keep up with the demands of their jobs. And these types of employees tend to be passive and unmotivated. Okay. Okay. But let's talk about some of the causes. Yeah. Well, one of the causes of burnout or any of these three types of burnout is lack of control. So an inability to influence decisions that affect your job, such as your schedule, assignments, or workload could lead to job burnout. So could a lack of resources you need to do your work. Mm -hmm. I, I, I hate that when you're not given the things you need to do the job. The tools. We need the tools. Another thing is, not a surprise, work-life imbalance. So if your work takes up so much of your time and effort that you don't have the energy to spend with your family and your friends, you might burn out quickly. Another cause of burnout is dysfunctional workplace dynamics. So perhaps you work with an office bully or you feel undermined by colleagues or your boss micromanages your work, this can contribute to job stress. And I will say, whenever I hear Joe like complaining about work, it really is a lot of these dynamics that can get yes. really overwhelming and exhausting yeah. and you have to go do sometimes. You're like, Ugh. We're very lucky that we work just like kind of on our own or with each other. Yeah. Or with people that we've like pretty much chosen. Right. But I can see how if you've got some mad workplace drama, exhausting. Exhausting. Another cause of burnout is lack of social support. If you feel isolated at work and in your personal life, you might feel more stressed. And another cause of burnout is extremes of activity. So a job is monotonous 
or chaotic, you need constant energy to remain focused, which can lead to fatigue and job burnout. So these are all the things that are contributing to so many people feeling stressed, especially Mm -hmm. Americans. Yeah. So if you're listening right now and you're like, okay, I think this might be me, what are some of the signs of burnout? Yes. So number one, Seems pretty straightforward. Exhaustion. You may feel drained and unable emotionally to deal with problems around you, both professional and personal. You may experience extreme tiredness, low feelings, leaving you without energy. And these symptoms can show themselves in physical pain, stomach, or bowel problems. Also, I think probably like headaches. Like my eyes get really like tired and sore kind of. Another sign is alienation from activity. So look for signs of cynicism and frustration towards work and colleagues. You may start to distance yourself emotionally, feeling numb about your work and environment. Hmm, you're like disassociating. You're like, I'm out of (laughs) here mentally. Another sign is reduced performance. This can occur at work, home, or when caring for family members because you have no energy left for everyday tasks. Burnout makes it hard to concentrate, handle responsibilities, or be creative. You may not realize that you've hit burnout until it's too late when you've crossed the line between I'm really tired and I'm too exhausted to function. Right. Yeah. Alternatively, you might be the type of personality who likes to stay busy and might not recognize when you're doing too much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think we get it. We we do that. We do too much. It's mental illness, though. It's a mental illness. For us. (laughs) Burnout isn't just bad for you emotionally. It has physical consequences as well. In fact, in a 2017 study... It was found that burnout is associated with health risks that include cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes, high cholesterol, bone and joint pain, fatigue, headaches, gastrointestinal and respiratory issues, and even death before the age of 40. Jesus Christ. I mean... Not death. (laughs) Not death before 45. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. But you can't overcome it. Hey, we're a how-to podcast. We're going to let you die on us. No. So what are our steps to overcome Miss Burnout? Okay. So the first step is to prioritize self-care. So according to Monique Valor, who has a PhD, she's a professor and a contributor to the Harvard Business Review, prioritizing good sleep habits, nutrition, exercise, social connection, and Practices that promote equanimity and well-being like meditating, journaling, and enjoying nature are all very important to replenish your soul. Mm -hmm. If you're having trouble squeezing such activities into your packed schedule, give yourself a week to assess exactly how you're spending your time. Like you need to look at your little schedule. Mm-hmm. You can write it down on a good old-fashioned paper or a spreadsheet. And then for each block of time, record what you're doing, whom you're with, and how you feel. For example, on a scale of like 1 to 10, where 1 equals angry or drained and 10 is joyful or energized. And then how valuable the activity is. This will help you find opportunities to limit your exposure to tasks, people, and situations that aren't essential and put you in a negative mood. Increase your investment in those that boost your energy and make space for restful, positive time away from work. Yeah. We were just talking about this the other day. 
because we're both introverts and it's like being with people like it's the energy right it's, of the it's person. not that like obviously i'll lose energy being around people but it goes a lot faster when it's people who are draining right <laughs> right so if you can if you can figure those people out in your little audit then you can be like oh and you can also like skirt around them in the office right let me, right let me skirt around you yeah Another way to overcome burnout is to shift your perspective. While rest, relaxation, and replenishment can ease exhaustion, curb cynicism, and enhance efficacy, they don't fully address the root cause of burnout. Back at the office, you may still face the same impossible workload, untenable conflicts, or paltry resources. So now you must take a look close look at your mindset and assumptions. What aspects of your situation are truly fixed and which can you change? Altering your perspective can buffer the negative impact of even the inflexible aspects. Mm. If exhaustion is a key problem, ask yourself which tasks, including critical ones, you could delegate to free up meaningful time and energy for other important work. Yeah, I think we get into that. You get into like a negative spiral. Yeah, And then everything's negative. Right. And then you can also get into a spiral of everything's important. I can't, um, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. this work is as important as my life. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's simply not. So another way is to reduce exposure to job stressors. This involves resetting the expectation of colleagues, clients, and even family members for what and how much you're willing to take on, as well as ground rules for working together. You may get pushback, but doubters must know that you're making these changes to improve your long-term productivity and to protect your health. Set boundaries. Set what boundaries. It, yeah. And honestly, if you need them to reference something, send them this episode and let them hear that you can die before the age of 45. Hey. Okay? You are protecting your health. Yes, you are. You really are. And finally, seek out connections. The best antidote to burnout, particularly when it's driven by cynicism and inefficacy, is seeking out rich interpersonal interactions and continual personal and professional development. Find coaches and mentors who can help you identify and activate positive relationships and learning opportunities. Volunteering to advise others is another particularly effective way of breaking out of a negative cycle. Hmm. Given the influence of situational factors on burnout, it's likely that others in your organization are suffering too. And if you band together to offer mutual support, identify problems, and brainstorm and advocate for your solutions, you will all increase your sense of control and connection. Yeah. Band so, together. Band together, set boundaries, prioritize yourself and your self-care, and also look at your mindset. Look at how you are looking at the situation and see, what can I do? How can I Can we this? reframe? Can we do a reframe? And then also, if all this happens and you feel like, you know what, it's just the job, we got an episode for that. And we, 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 we do. We have an episode on how to quit your job, so you can go and listen to that. Yes, too. you can. All right. So we hope you guys learned more about burnout, what it is, how to know if you're experiencing burnout, and how to overcome it. And that, now that we are reignited, our souls are reignited. Fully reignited. <laughs> Wait, let's circle back. <laughs>
on the wine. We are struggling today. And let's rate it to our hottie of the week. Yeah. Ooh, should we introduce the hottie first? I think you should. Okay, so hottie, I threw this out as a as an option, and I was very excited that Corinne agreed because we usually – We don't normally agree. We don't normally – And this was a stretch, but – that's very specific version. Yes. That, okay. Yes. This is David Harbour from Stranger Things, this season four David Harbour. Mm-hmm. Hopper had a major glow up. Him? Okay, when he shaved his the head. shaved head. I don't know if you guys don't watch Stranger Things, you won't know what we're talking about, but you can check our Instagram stories and you can see. But he shaved his head and he's very, he bulked up. Yeah. He's like rugged. He's very rugged. I mean, he has been in prison for like a solid year. Right, 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 right. But he was giving something. He is yeah. not. Gi- he's not given. Yeah, gave it. He has not gave it yet. Yeah, but and and we were into it. We were very. And you know, I love a shaved head. He looked amazing. Whenever he comes on, and I'm watching with Joe, I'm like, he's so hot. He's and Joe's so like, hot. I get it, Corinne. I'm like, so hot. And then the next <laughs> scene, he's fine. like back, and I'm like, so hot. <laughs> <laughs> and he has a shirtless scene. I haven't got there yet. Oh, I forgot you haven't got there yet. I know. I still have the last episode. It's gratuitous. Oh, my God. I I can't wait. Okay, so. Joe's like, I'm going to leave the room. (laughs) Okay, so remind us of our wine. Yeah. Belle Cole Barolo Symposio. (gasps) Okay. It's a red from Italy. Okay. And one to Hopper in season. Season four. four, David Harbour, who who wins the Glow Up Award. What are we reading it? I really am not into it. I'd give it a four, maybe a three. I'm going to give it a three. Okay. I'll give it a three. Yeah. Because I wouldn't drink this at a restaurant. I'd be like, I don't like this. I don't know if I would send it. I wouldn't send it back. I just would be like, I don't like this. I think I would just like sip on it to be um, like kind. polite. Kind. But I was also, as I took some sippies to make my decision, I was like, I don't even think having food with it would, mm. you know, because mm. that sometimes changes my mind. If I'm yeah. like, oh, this certain meal. It's not the one. It's not. It's not the one. No. All right. Well, we'll link it in our show notes. Casey, go, you want to try it? And you're like, you know, hey. it's always in there. It's always in there. Yeah. All right, this is the part of the show where we play a little wrap-up game. And this week, we're giving you solicited advice. Solicited we changed the name, advice. you guys. So you guys have written in. These are from our listeners. They're going to be anonymous. But these are some things going on in your lives that you would like our help on. Yes. And we're your bestie. We're your girlies. We'll yeah. keep it true. We got a Sag in the room. Be Ooh. careful. Be careful. I will tell you the truth. Careful what you wish for. So I'm going to read the first one here from our DMs. Okay, we have a DM. Yes. Down in the DM. Down in the DM. It says, hey, girls, I need advice regarding long-distance relationships. Mm, Been there. Yeah, you're going to be good with this one. My boyfriend is going to study in the Netherlands. Very proud but sad at the same time. Our love language is physical touch, and I have no idea how we're going to manage during this time. Mm -hmm. As a very emotional person, every time we try to talk about this, I start to cry, and I can't really say anything. Help. We've been together for almost four years, and I do know that we can overcome this as we have overcome a lot already, but I really would love to hear your advice on how to make this time as pleasant and happy as possible for the both of us. Thank you, girls, for what you're doing. This is the best podcast for my workouts, and I'm always the girl giggling on the treadmill. Oh, my oh God. My I, God love I love that. I love that. 
Okay. Well, Corinne has been here. I've been here. So I was in my last relationship for six months of it. We were long distance. He was living in Colorado and I was living here. And then there was also a point where like he was living in New York and I was like back and forth between LA and New York. Oh, yeah. I also had a long distance boyfriend in early college, but that didn't really count. Oh. He lived in Fullerton. Well, also, yeah. Well, <laughs> that could have been. That's technically long distance. But you also kind of had a long distance when you were in London. That's the one I was thinking of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But those are – but the, re- the real long distance I did was six months when yeah. my last relationship was in, in Colorado, Colorado and I was here and I had to fly – we were flying on the weekends. I forgot about that. Yeah. So here is the tough pill to swallow, which didn't sound like this was a permanent move. I don't know if long distance works if there is not an end goal. If there's not right. an end goal of like, when are we going to be together, right? Is it going to be, are you going to school for two years? Okay, in two years, then we are together. If it's like, he's moving to the Netherlands and you never want to move there and that's where he's going to base his career, I'm worried because I haven't seen it end well. But it doesn't sound like that's the case. Yeah, because um, she's saying he's just going to study. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, girl. So, girl, girl, we're going to be okay. Yeah, but like. How long is the program? Like, let's get a plan. Yeah. Let's not have it open-ended. No, there has to be, like, an end goal because there are going to be times where it's really hard, but when you know, like, okay, in two years, we're going to be together, blah, 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 it's all going to work out, then that's fine. Yeah. The great thing is FaceTime exists, and if your love language is physical touch, there are things, you know, you can do. You can do things. On FaceTime, there's also these really cute – okay, they're – I'll I'll link it in the show notes. You can – The little pillow things? There's that, but there's also the little lights. You can get two lights, and he gets one, you get one. And if you tap it, it, like, flickers. Oh. And so when you're thinking of each other, like, his will flicker in his room, and yours will flicker in yours. So um, and then also, since you have, like, a time zone situation, you're going to really have to find, like, your set times to yes, talk. So I was like, say that. Whether it's when he's getting up in the morning on his way to school, and you're coming back from work at the end of the day, like, have these set times. And then also... FaceTime dates, setting up date nights where you're both drinking wine, you're playing games, you watch a movie together. There are ways to make it work. And then obviously like my rule was, and I was really blessed to be able to, is not go more than five weeks without seeing um, my partner at the time. But obviously he's moving to a different country, so it's a different situation. But plan out your trips ahead of time so you have something to look forward to. Like this many days until I see you, this many days until I see you. You know, just yeah. I was gonna say, I really think that the success in this will be the level of like pre-planning. It doesn't sound romantic to be no. like, okay, on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, we're gonna talk at this time. Like, but I think that's necessary. Yeah, especially with the time difference. Yeah, you're yeah. gonna definitely have to to pre-plan. But I have faith with you guys and getting little yeah. things. Four years, they. The- Four years yeah. is a long time. You're in it for the long haul. And as long as there's a foreseeable end to the long-term relationship, you should yeah. be good, girl. Or if she is like, oh, I could move to the Netherlands. Right. Maybe you could Maybe you could spend the summer or yeah. spend like a couple, you know. Yeah. Take some, you know, the holidays, do a whole <gasps> month thing. Oh, that'd be fun. I know. Yeah. I'm very excited for you. I don't – I am I think this – I know this is going to work out. Yeah. I know it. Keep us posted, girly. Okay. We – so that was a DM, but we also got an email. We love an email. I don't think you guys realize how excited we are when we get good emails. And this email is to am I doing this right pod at gmail.com. Okay. Yep. Here we go. 
It says, hi, you two. It is literally such an honor to even be able to type this email to you (gasps) all. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm sending all my love and light and praise and thanks to you both as y'all have helped me through so much and I only just started listening about four months ago. (gasps) So one of the things I've been working on within myself is setting boundaries and being stern towards people and situations outside of my personal circle i.e. dealing with problems that may arise amongst coworkers, customers, and even newer friends in my life. I've done a lot of shadow work and maturing within myself, but once I step out of my comfort zone and into the workforce, it's very hard to carry those standards and character traits with me. Mm. Even today, I had a conversation with one of my other coworkers who inspired me to speak up a little bit more. And even though I'm very outspoken when it comes to my siblings, close friends, and boyfriend, it's very hard to speak up to people that I don't know so well. And I'm finding this to be something that's deeply bothering me. I have, I have stuff to say on this. Mm. I'm not sure if maybe y'all have already done an episode relating to my suggestion, but if you haven't and you two could help even just a little bit, it would mean the world to me. Thank you so much for giving us an opportunity to reach out to you all and connect on a deeper level in the most normal and accepting way possible. I love you both. We love oh, you. love you. Thank you for all the insight and entertainment over the past couple of months. Stay golden. Oh, oh my God. Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> Stay golden and know I'll be looking out for new episodes every week. Thank oh you. My oh my God. Thank we love you so, so much. Love you. Okay. Nat, do you want to go? Yes. Okay. So this is a thing that I think we all struggle with. As point. women. As women, it's very common. Mm-hmm. And it is this need to people please, which we actually will have an episode coming out on yes, that. Yes, we do have an episode um, coming out on people pleasing. Yes, so that'll be a helpful one. Um, that should be in a few weeks. Yeah, a couple yeah. weeks. So that will be helpful. My question for you to ponder on or like bust out a journal if you haven't done this already is to kind of figure out where does the need to people please come from? Mm-hmm. Did you have a parent that – if if you weren't like on your game, they'd be mad at you. Was there some sort of specific memory? Because a lot of the patterns that we fall into as adults actually start when we're very young. What I think is interesting though is that she said she can do it with her siblings, her boyfriend, like people close. It's people that aren't close to her that she feels. And I can understand that. Like, well, that's what I was thinking. I wonder if there's like some person that she didn't really know or something that – Well, what I've learned in terms of people-pleasing is what works for you, what's beneficial for you is actually beneficial for everyone. Yes. And so when you're getting nervous to go up and, you know, maybe stand up for something that you really believe in or stand up for something you think is fair for you, don't think you're being selfish. Don't think, oh my God, I'm being selfish because I'm standing up to this person. Just know that whatever you're trying to implement it's going to actually help the whole ecosystem, the whole workforce. If you're happier, you're going to do better work that is in turn going to help the entire company or whatever you're working yeah. for. So don't feel like you are being this big bad person. Come in like, okay, I actually have some information that's going to make my life a lot easier and it's also going to help other people because yeah. I'm going to be happier. Yes. Yes. And that is a hurdle in itself Yeah, because a lot of times it's like, you know, oh, I sh- don't deserve to be her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, well, at least that's how I will fall into things like that. So it's really like 
pump yourself up. Yeah. Like realize how valuable you are because you are. You are. You are. I can tell from that email. Okay. We hope that helped. Let us know if you stand up to one of your yes. bosses, coworkers. Yes. We'd love to know. And keep us posted after you listen to the people-pleasing episode. Yes. Which will be forthcoming. Okay. And then we had one more advice, solicited advice yes. come in through actually response to our the IG story. story. sticker. Yes. Uh, we asked you guys, what do you need advice on? And someone wrote in and said. They said, my father-in-law passed away two days ago. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, I don't know what to say to my husband. What is the right thing to say, if any, at all? This is tough. Yes. Oh, and I'm, we're so sorry. Yes. I'm so sorry for you your, and your, your husband. I would say this is something that I I experienced some grief at the top of the year. And I know that Joe, you know, was like, how do I support Corinne? And one time I looked at his computer screen and he had up on his computer how to like – how to provide support oh, to your partner who's grieving in so Google. Sweet. I was like, oh my god. It was so cute. But I think being there at all is enough and you're not going to have the words. And I – Definitely think what's not helpful is saying like, it's going to be okay. Or right. It could be worse. They're in a better place. Like sometimes yeah. that's just like not the right thing. And they no. just – someone wants to be held and wants to just – like I felt the most benefit when Joe would just hold me and I would just cry. Right. And he didn't have to say anything. He yeah. just had to be there. And also maybe taking on some of the – I mean, if it's your father-in-law and it's your husband, I'm sure there's a lot of things that he has to take care of. And and, and offering like, hey, what can I do to in terms help. of like, you know, planning or coordinating that like I can take off your plate? Yeah. Or also what can I just take off your plate in general? In general. You Stuff know, at home. Do you need to sleep in for a couple of days? Can yes. I pick up the slack? What yeah. can I do? What is the best way that I can care? for you right now. I also think um, ask, like if you just ask, saying like, do you need comforting right now or do you need words? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because sometimes you need the words and sometimes you just need the like, presence. Just, just sit with me, you know? I also felt a lot of pressure when I was going through, and I saw obviously I'm grieving and, and it, it doesn't go it's away. It's a process. When people would say, well, what, tell me, let me know what I can do. Right. It's like, no. I'm not going to text you no. and be like, hey, actually, can you bring me soup? To, it's like, yeah, no. so, sometimes you just have to take initiative yeah. and be like, I, I know they're not going to ask me to, and I'm just going to, I'm going to make dinner tonight, or I'm going to schedule them a massage. Right. I'm just going to do it. And you could even, if you're kind of like unsure, like, I don't know if they're scheduled or something, you could say, um, like, I'm going to make you dinner tonight. Like, is that okay? Like, can I bring it at this time? Yeah. And if they're like, oh, I can't, but then be like, what about tomorrow? You know? Yeah. I think sometimes just doing and I, I, I don't know. I always felt like it was a burden when people would say, well, let, let me know if there's anything yes. I can do. I'm like, mm, okay, I'm never going to, I'm never going to reach out. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, but I'm sorry you're going through that. I'm sorry your family is going through that. That's a lot. It's a lot. So we, we hope you guys find some peace throughout all of this. And you guys, if you guys have stuff going on in your life and you want to email us, you always can at amidoingthisrightpod at gmail.com. And if you liked this episode, we actually have similar ones. Episode 97, like we said, it's called Peace Out Peacefully, and it is when and how to quit your job. So if you're listening and you were like, yeah, no, I got to go, yeah. episode 97. 
or episode 67, which is how to recognize and combat depression with our fave guy, Dr. Ken. God, I love Dr. Ken. It's such a good episode. So if you're not sure if it's burnout or depression, go back and listen to that one because that's a really good episode. Does he is he still the only man we've ever had? Dr. Ken is the only man we've ever had oh, on the sh- on the show. I love him. And we love him and he's deserving of yes, it. Yes, he is. All right, you guys. Well, feel free to rate interview the podcast if you love it because we love you and we'll be back next week with another episode. Bye. 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 